Hi, and welcome back to The Real Girls Club, my podcast series where I interview women working in the cinema industry. To kick off series two, I'm joined by the inspiring Natasha Kroshiki. Natasha is the CEO of Ari in France and the business development director of Ari Mediterranean. Ari is one of the world's leading designer and manufacturers of camera and light systems for the film industry, founded way back in 1917. Natasha was also most recently a jury member at the Cannes Film Festival for the Camera d'Or Prize. We met up during the festival to talk all about her career, what motivates her, the films she loved from the Cannes Film Festival and much more. You're currently on the jury for the Camera d'Or at Cannes, so you've been here right since the beginning of the festival. How's it been going so far? Are you having a good time? What's it been like? Well, it's a, it's an incredible experience and I, I was thrilled to be able to participate to this jury. Um, the Camera d'Or chooses the best first film, so it's also exciting to see all these new filmmakers and uh, mm-hmm. the the level is pretty incredible what you know what these the level of these films you would imagine you know first movies can be a bit clumsy but uh, very professional yeah. uh, with very different themes so it's it's been it's been great so i want to take it right back to the beginning or as far back to the beginning <laughs> as you can go where did it sort of start for you when did you start um becoming interested in working in cinema and wanting to pursue that as your career. When was like the light bulb moment, if there was one? Well, um, my father was in the business, but mm-hmm. initially I, you know, like we all want to do something different mm-hmm. than what our parents do. And uh, I decided to study architecture. I actually had a hesitation between photography and architecture. And I mm-hmm. chose architecture and I think they're quite similar because you have to um, have the technical side and the artistic side and they both have to you know, cohabitate in whatever you're mm-hmm. creating. And I think I like that, the fact that the technical side imposes some rules, but at the same time, you have to have the freedom of creativity mm-hmm. within those rules. So okay. yeah. I, I think that's something I really liked. Anyway, so I worked in architecture, and then I started working on movies as a set decorator mm-hmm. and in the theater. So that's when I started to get into the film business. And then my father needed help with his company in France. Um, I was living in Rome at the time. And I went to help him with his, uh, he had a camera rental company. He had various mm-hmm. camera rental companies in, in Rome, in Milan, in London, in Paris. So I went to Paris temporarily and stayed for 26 years. <laughs> <laughs> temporarily, but turned into a big yes. part of your life. <laughs> so I totally changed you know, my life. I mm-hmm. changed city, I changed jobs. Um, um, willingly, actually, I mean, it just kind of happened like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I started renting cameras. That's how I got into the technical okay. side of the okay. business. What do you mean by renting cameras? Well, my father had a, a camera rental company. Okay. People, uh, productions, usually rent. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Hertz or Avis, you know, um, they, they rent the equipment for mm-hmm. the duration of, of the movie and then give it back because mm-hmm. the equipment is very sophisticated and need, needs a lot of mm-hmm. maintenance, attention, that yeah. uh, if a production had to manage that themselves would be complicated. So, so you really learnt firsthand there, like, to deal with the, the big stuff because I sort of see all these cameras as quite intimidating. Did you not feel any, did you have any, like, self-doubt moments where you thought, I'm not sure if I... I had to improvise a lot of things Mm -hmm. because I found myself, I was 26, managing a company, uh, having to manage a team. So, you know, it was was a learning curve. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But I was really helped by the team there. 
the technicians would explain to me, uh, and the customers would explain to me. You know, uh, a DP that um, one, of, one of the first DPs that I met is Darius Kondji, famous DP. He taught me so much, just you know, telling me about what he liked about the equipment, why choosing that lens rather than the other lens. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot from the customers. Okay, so you really just absorbed it all. It sounds like you did, and also with your architecture background, it sounds like you already had that kind of technical mind, but yeah, yes. creativity as well. Um, what does a, a typical day at Aria look like for you? I mean, outside of Cannes, because it's not really typical at Cannes, but like when you're back at the office in Paris, I'm assuming. Yeah. What does it look like, you know, your nine to five? Or is it a nine to five? So the, the um, I went from rental to sales when I joined Ari 12 years ago, so which is a bit different. When you're doing rental, you're in direct contact with productions who call you, telling, you know, whatever they need. Uh, I'm selling two rental houses now, so I have a bit less of that direct contact. But so a typical day is, uh, well, there's a mix of, customers calling, asking questions about equipment. It can be technical questions or even uh, I want to achieve that look or that result, mm -hmm. what equipment you know, to recommend. There are also all the financial negotiations. Mm -hmm. There's all the logistics. Is the equipment available? Will, will it arrive on mm -hmm. time? Uh, there is the after sales that we also, you know, kind of try and follow. Mm -hmm. you know, if, if there is a problem, that mm -hmm. sure that the customer, uh, the service is is well done and, and followed up. And then we have all the marketing side. So uh, yeah. So do you feel like you can still be very creative in the job? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's all, all the marketing side is very creative mm -hmm. because we're. Uh, I think one of the strengths at Ari is that we have local offices where we have. A lot of freedom. Uh, we're, we're very autonomous, so we have to come up with events, ways of, of explaining the equipment, promoting the equipment that uh, um, fits to the country we're in, which gives us a lot of freedom. Going to think, okay, you know, what, how am I going to explain that feature of a piece of equipment mm -hmm. to that person? How is the best way to make them apprehend and yeah. understand? So. Yes. Yeah, it's like really knowing the products well. So if somebody says, I want my film to look very nostalgic or something, and you can say, yes, I know the camera for that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. When I was reading about Ari, Ari, it said that it was a hidden champion, which was a um, term coined by Hermann Simon, a German author and business person. And it means a company that's small but successful, but invisible with a bit of secrecy almost. But do you think Ari like, will continue along this path? Or do you think with the marketing, as you were just saying, they're trying to make themselves more, like, make be more self-aware, sorry, um, rather than being sort of maybe the eye or the door to cinema. Maybe they want to say, actually, yes, we are Ari and we are the people that make film look so good. Or actually, should it be more of a hidden thing? I think it's in between. I think that the, the traditionally, um, you know, it's a German company, and I would say. German companies aren't as marketing oriented as Anglo-Saxon or American companies. So there is this kind of humility or, or reserve. Um, they have changed in the years because they had to, uh, because competitors were very, very strong on, on marketing messages. So even though, you know, Ari always thought, okay, we make good cameras, it's all the marketing we need. We need to let people know that you know what the cameras are capable of and that are so good. Okay. So yeah. there has been some progression. I don't think it, it'll ever be uh, uh, like Apple, for example, where it's, yeah, the right. marketing is so no, heavy. And, I, I, you know, yeah. and there's a balance 
you know, between the, 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 the budget you put into development and marketing in a company, that balance at Harry will never change that much. You okay. Know. Because what I noticed is Ari does have such a big reputation. It's been around for 100 years, I think, since 1917. And it was started by two men, August Arnold and Robert Richter. So the technical side of film has always been really traditionally seen as very male-dominated. So how do you think your female perspective can move Ari towards a more equal film industry? Yes, well, I think um, example is important, you know. uh, I, um, I remember some time ago there was a, um, a DP association in France. Uh, there's the main one called the AFC and then there's a smaller one for younger DPs. And I remember one female DP who, uh, who came to me and said, you know, you were an inspiration. I was like, oh, me? <laughs> because when she came at the time, I was in rental at the rental house. And I was, she said I was so used to seeing only men in these companies and seeing, you know, a young woman behind the you know, the desk, the manager desk, you know, was, I figured, okay, maybe I, I can also do it. So yeah. I think that's important that, mm-hmm. that uh, and that's why I accepted this interview yes. because I, Thank you I, very I much. think it's important to, yeah. to get the example and let all the other girls know that they can do it. Exactly. It's about recognizing yourself or seeing someone that looks like you and makes you feel already more at home somewhere um, that you're maybe going to work. How involved are you in the technical aspects? Um, I mean, as you did mention, you know you know your cameras and your lighting, but are you really doing a lot of hands-on? Are you going onto film sets ever and like testing out products of variety? I, I myself, I don't operate a camera. Mm-hmm. I know what it does and mm-hmm. I, I know how to explain what it does. Um, I'm not a geek. <laughs> I, I think I, I, I'm a good translator between the engineers mm-hmm. and the geeks and say the directors and, and the DPs who are not always that interested in the really really technical side they want to mm-hmm. know what it can do so I think I, I I'm in between I'm there to mm-hmm. translate that very technical language to the filmmakers to a more understandable to explain, language okay it's got I don't know that feature that allow you to do that mm-hmm. so as you were saying about uh, like a recent girl that saw you in the company as a manager and you know she felt like she was more capable of like you're more of an inspiration to her um, what sort of education and training would you look for in a female candidate then? Personal qualities? You know, if somebody was, a girl was coming into the company either as in any kind of department, what would you be looking for? Well, it's funny because we, we, a few years ago, we hired an apprentice. Uh, France has this apprenticeship system, which is really good. You can get someone who's studying and can, and it's half work, half study. And, and she came in and uh, in, in the office, we have this big wall of posters of a lot of the films that were shot with our equipment and her eye went to a specific film and she said oh I really like that film and and I, I'm not saying I you know all the judgment on, on her capabilities was made on that but that was really important uh, it wasn't a, a, a very known film it was a beautiful film that I had seen but that had, hadn't had a great success so I liked that she was curious that she was sensitive to cinema because you know that our job is to help filmmakers uh, uh, use the equipment at best. I think if you don't know what they're doing, it's really hard to, to do this job. So I think uh, mm-hmm. understanding, you know, uh, cinema is important yes. in our job. Yeah, having a sensitive eye to cinema, basically. Yeah. Um, do you often go to the filmmakers? Is it more that it seems like they more come to you for the equipment rather than you seek them out? 
A bit of both, yeah. We, we, we go on set. It's really important to regularly go on set and visit mm -hmm. them. And an hour or two, it allows you to understand why that camera assistant keeps bugging you about that cable in the right place because when he's shooting it's it should be in another place it's really important to be there and understand also the pressure they have during during shooting that's you know when you say oh but you can just do it in another way no because when you have that pressure there's you know it's important that everything goes smooth we go and see them mm -hmm. we do contact them often happens that maybe I, we we see a film that we liked that we thought visually was interesting and we might contact you know filmmakers to say you know do you want to come over and see our equipment let's meet so yeah we do we, we but obviously they also contact us so do you have a lot of on the roster your roster at the moment at ARI a lot of female cinematographers you're mostly working with cinematographers I'm assuming because it's all camera based or mm. with directors too um, so ARI uh, we don't hire cinematographers you know mm -hmm. there are customers yes. in a way because yeah. they're the users in contact with the quite a quite a bit of female and and we in the past years have actually done the effort to especially try and reach out because they obviously they are still a minority in the industry especially cinematographers on the assistant side there's more so we do make an effort to make sure we, we reach out we meet or in contact and with do you them. think the me too movement has Change the perception of women in film in the time that you've been working there? Maybe. I think mm -hmm. it will take probably a long time for for some people to change their view. I remember when I was working on sets at the beginning as a set decorator, I was the assistant of the set decorator, and people kept saying, Oh, are you, you know, set, you know the set decorator's girlfriend? I was like, <laughs> no, I'm his assistant. And they, they kept insisting that, and it was like, yeah. you know, wh why would I be his girlfriend? Everybody knows I'm the assistant. And, and that, you know, mm -hmm. I think has changed a bit. That was a long time ago. It was more than 20 years. It's much better now, but, and it depends on the countries. Uh, it, but it'll still take a while. And in France, they're making special efforts. The CNC is making, uh, imposing two productions to do a training on harassment on set. You have to have one person responsible uh, if anybody has a problem with harassment that they know who they can go to. So there's an effort being made. It'll take time. Did you find working in different countries, what was that like for you? Like, was it different in some places working in France, working in Rome? Um, it's a good question. Um, I think. There's maybe a bit more female representation in France. France had a very strong uh, feminist movement that mm -hmm. had its good and bad sides because mm -hmm. in a way I noticed when I arrived in France from Italy, there was almost a negation of all the kind of feminine aspects as if it, it was a shame, you know, to, to, you know to, to want to be feminine, to want mm -hmm. to dress up and, and wear a dress or something mm -hmm. because it, uh, there was this... I had, they had the impression that they were a slave to the, the, the male uh, gaze, which, which uh, I, I think is wrong. But it has brought a lot of progress for females who work because mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, it's much more organized for women who work, you know, just to take care of children. It, it, it's, it's better organized. It's more but respected, in, in Italy, yeah. women have, have an importance. Uh, of course, Italian men can be a bit... <laughs> Machos and everything, <laughs> but um, I think Thai women hold their ground pretty mm -hmm. well. What motivates and inspires you on a day-to-day -day basis? Is it a person, a goal, 
is there some like something that you're you know people always say it's good to pick, um, to focus yourself on a goal rather than maybe success or personal success is there like a big lo- yeah wow big question <laughs> that's a big question <laughs> <sighs> I think there's many things I think I think we all want to participate to make the world a better place in some mm-hmm. so I, I think it's important for me to feel good about what I'm doing and the approach whatever you're doing I think the approach uh, is important I think mm-hmm. um, and Sometimes we get lost, and I think it's important to remember that we all want this world to be a better place for, for everybody. Yeah, trying trying to have a positive outlook on mm-hmm. things, even though you know the world isn't always easy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We'll be right back after this short break, and why not take this moment to go and follow the Real Girls Club on Instagram at Real Girls Club. What do you think's next for the future of film camera work? I guess the most recent change, the most obvious change, has been from film to digital. What are you forecasting in the next five to ten years for Ari? What are you? What changes are you seeing? For example, I've noticed at Cannes they've already got sponsored a partnership with TikTok, which is for me. I see. I see that as quite well. Cannes is so traditional and it's like very old and ingrained with all its traditions, and TikTok is very young and new. So they're obviously trying to like cater to a young audience, do you think Ari will be trying to do something similar? I think it's important yeah, to understand the, the young audiences and, and we do try and make an effort. Um, now from our perspective, technically obviously we're, we're always working on new technologies, but what I see for the moment is that the idea people have of what is being used and how films are going to are being made is very different from reality. Mm. If there's one film out of a thousand that is shot on an iPhone with three people, uh, people who are not in the business tend to think that's how Mm -hmm. we make films and and show them actually how we make the films, you know, what the cameras look like, as you said, you know, context very sophisticated and then there's behind that there's a 30, 60 person crew. Then you understand that we're not about to make films with an iPhone. I mean, we can. It's a much more complex mm-hmm. process than that. So, yeah. uh, and I'm not sure that's going to change. It, it does need all those elements, people, to, to make a film. So I think um, technology uh, is going to evolve a little bit, not as fast as people think. And Ari will probably stick to what it's good at, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty much what we try and do instead of trying to come up with something new every five seconds we try and make what we do as best as we can mm-hmm. yes even if we do open up for example you know in the virtual studios where we've really you know Ari has dived into it to understand how that works and and, and how, how we have to fit into that new technology you know, so we will always strive to, to understand yeah. new technology so not the company's not particularly worried about any competitors because I often see iPhone really trying to push the idea that their phone now can make movies like they really want people to see it as a a movie making device so yeah I don't know if that will affect how people think about making movies should I go to Ari or should I go to you know yeah I think I think that's marketing for uh, the users so the it's it's marketing for for consumers and have the impression that they're going to make a film like as if it was a cinema I think we're pretty far from from that Mm -hmm. because the camera is actually, even though it crystallizes a lot of attention, it's a very small part of the whole film process. Mm-hmm. You know, 
writers, you need actors, you need crew behind it. So uh, I think you want to make sure that the tool you're using to capture the image is mm -hmm. reliable and at the best level. Uh, uh, it's not worth, you know, trying to do it with a tool that isn't made for that. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, that approach is marketing so that people can dream that with their iPhone they're going to make yeah. a movie. Yes, exactly. Right. Ari always seems to be at the top, you know, whenever a cinematography award, um, the Academy Awards, for example, it always is because it's been filmed behind an Ari camera. So how do you, I mean, how do you think you keep that moment, momentum of being the best? Well, I think there's uh, DNA, the age of the company, the yes. history is really important because it's a company that has been doing equipped for cinema, mm -hmm. manufacturing equipment for so long that that's really, you know, Ari's vocation. I think there's a will to make the best equipment possible. It's really, really important for Ari. And then I think also the fact that we're locally, physically in the countries and very close to the customers, which means that we understand and, and collect feedback and, and trying mm -hmm. to make sure that the equipment is adapted to you know the situations on set instead of just having some engineers come up with ideas that are totally disconnected to what people are actually mm -hmm. doing. And is Ari trying to be more green as well, sustainable yes, in many well, ways? Yes, Ari is naturally green in the sense that, for example, we don't make a new model every six months, try and, and, and make it so that our equipment lasts long as possible. And mm -hmm. that is a very green approach. We upgrade cameras constantly, cameras that we sold. The first digital cameras we sold in, say, 2010 are still shooting, mm -hmm. still have great value because we update them allow people to keep working with I think that's the main. Mm -hmm. Great, so I want to sort of quickly focus before we go, hopefully not going to be rushed out, on your role as a jury member of the Camera d'Or. How did it go about that you got picked? Is it for your, I'm, I'm assuming your sensitive eye for the image for camera and your knowledge of, you know, the way a film looks and what are your top films that you've seen so far? Um, so there's, in the in the Camera d'Or jury, there's always one member from the technical industries mm -hmm. and I'm a member of the Federation of Technical Industries mm -hmm. in France. So I, I proposed, I said I would like to do it and oh, they okay. said, uh, sure. You went to them? Yes, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, that's how, obviously. Oh, I I'm love sure, that I'm sure though, that you said, you know, I want to do it, it's great. I, yeah, I'm sure there were other people who proposed, mm -hmm. but anyway, yeah, 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 I, I candidated mm -hmm. myself. So, favourite movies, I would say I really liked a Belgian movie called Dalva, or Love According to Dalva in the English title, another film called War Pony. And then also Joyland, uh, a Pakistani movie, impressive. And then Plan 75, a Japanese movie. Oh, well, we, we just saw, well, there's another movie I like, was 1976, a Chilean movie. You've probably been seeing loads, like you must be all filled we with We have 26 movies. films, plus some others that we watch wow. just like that, so yeah. Amazing, and is there a particular thing you're looking for when you, you know, what is it that gives it that something when you just think, wow, that visually impressed me more than any other film that I've seen? I think I need to be, I don't know if the word would be moved, but it has to reach me in some way, not necessarily totally conscious. Um, I think I need to be transported into the film. If I start feeling external, then it means that the film hasn't captured me. It's my point of view. Mm -hmm. Some people maybe like staying, being mm -hmm. external. So I think that's mm -hmm. really important. And then we've seen some really incredible movies first movies you know mm -hmm. the way that the directing is uh, is um, so 
well refined and I would say I would add to that that there, we've seen movies directed by women and I can see the difference I can see hmm. approach they have to a theme that I think a man or or a more masculine person maybe if, if we don't want to you know stick to gender but mm -hmm. I can see there is a female gaze in in some of these movies Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to follow and rate this podcast on Spotify and follow for updates on the Real Girls Club Instagram page at Real Girls Club.